Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you war shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind hey, is gone. Welcome back to the underground. This is episode 61. Once again, I am on my own today, but never fear. We've got plenty of things to talk about. Um, Before we get started, I just wanted to give a shout out to everybody who has watched our most recent uh, YouTube video on The Witcher. It is doing very well considering how small our channel is. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to extend some gratitude to everybody who's been supporting us and please keep it up and... um, You know, if there's anything that you guys would like to see, uh, either from the podcast or if there's anything kind of exclusive that you'd like to see for YouTube or stuff that you'd like us to kind of uh, dive deeper into, um, let us know. Um, I'm working on a couple things right now. I've got uh, a season one review of Arcane that I've been writing for a while, um, and I get uh, writer's block very easily, so it's taking a little longer than originally expected, Um, but don't worry because there's some other content that we're going to be putting out that won't be quite as, um, I guess, essay-based, if you will. Uh, It'll be a little more off the cuff. I'm kind of just experimenting with some different things. I think that's going to be one of the themes of this year is Joseph and I are going to be experimenting with a lot of different stuff uh, in how we... Um, handle putting our content on other platforms. So podcast is going to stay the same. Generally, we're going to try to incorporate as many clips as we can to give you guys uh, as much information as we can um, just about things that are going on in the world, whether that's uh, what we do with the more social stuff on Tuesdays or more of the entertainment side on Thursdays. Uh So yeah, uh, we're just going to go ahead and jump into it, and this will eventually be going up on YouTube because, you know, you gotta gotta ride the wave when it is there, Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit more about The Witcher today, Um, and just some some extended thoughts about what's going on with the show's lead, or alleged lead, and what's been going on with the showrunner. So uh, we're going to play this uh, little segment of Henry Cavill and then the showrunner, her name is uh, Lauren Schmidt, um, and she's the executive producer. I think she's technically considered the showrunner of the show, and so we're going to kind of listen to what the two of them have to say currently about season two and kind of... I, I guess the expectation, and I'm wondering if you guys will kind of pick up on some of uh, what's being laid down in this. So uh, let's go ahead and play this. For me, uh, it is all about the books. The books are so nuanced and there's so much complexity to the characters in there that it is ultimately that. Um, As far as the show goes, I just want to make sure that the character from the books and the books are done justice in live action because I'm always of the mind, if it's not broken, 
don't try and fix it. And I don't think they're broken. And um, I absolutely love those books. For me, that's my focus. That's my focus. If there are things that happen after that, then exciting things to explore as well, because it's a fantasy world and we don't quite know uh, what happens to Geralt at the end of the books. There's a suggestion, there's a strong suggestion, but then we also have the games, which have happened after the books. Then the games will have different endings as well, and so maybe something happens after that. But that could be interesting to explore as well. Something has changed, Geralt. The world's acting strange these days. I'm so glad that Seven Seasons is the thing that people picked up on, though, because I think at some point I also said, like, 20 seasons, and if people really expected me to be, you know, I'll be retired by then. But no, I just think there's so much material um, that I don't feel the need to start inventing my own to keep it going. We did combine some of the short stories um, for the first season, and there are things in the short stories that we want to continue to return to, because there was just too much good material to tell in eight episodes. So for instance, that's why we did like um, A Grain of Truth at the beginning of this season, and it's our hope to keep peppering those in as we go. So it would be a straight translation of the books. You know, I think that one of the beauties of sort of building out a Witcher universe, if you will, is that you can actually use those spin-offs to do slightly different things than the books did. But to me, that makes it actually even more important than in the Mothership series, we always stick to what Sapkowski intended. And okay, so I, I want to highlight a couple of the things that um, uh, were said here. So uh, I guess a little history um, for those of you that haven't heard yet. Um, both Lauren and Henry had a disagreement on set during season two um, about... Uh, the uh, <clears throat> about the uh, the death of a character um i'll i'll leave it at that uh no i mean did we spoil this already i'm trying to remember anyway all right so i'm i'll, I'll i'm i'm going to kind of spoil some of this this season um so uh roach the witcher's horse is uh is killed uh, during the season. I can't remember. For whatever reason, I want to say it's halfway through, but to be honest, at this point, it all kind of blends together. Um, so anyway, the the horse is killed, and it's this very like somber moment, and it's probably one of the better moments in the second season, uh, simply because unlike a lot of other things that uh, are being like released today, especially from uh, companies like Marvel, there's not a lot of uh, there's no jokes it's not played for a joke um lauren the showrunner wanted to uh play it up as a joke she wanted it to be this um moment that was cut by a, a bit of humor uh which is really surprising uh uh coming from her like if you if you look at the things that she's written in the past um that's not, from what I can gather, uh, something that she would have picked up from previous writing. It's kind of this new thing, this new phenomenon, where no matter what kind of uh, like serious project you're doing, uh, they want to throw uh, levity in there. They they don't want things to be super serious all the time. Um, and it's it's interesting. I found a an, an article. Uh, where they were interviewing Lauren, and we're gonna get to to Henry in a minute because I do want to kind of talk about him. Um, if my uh, my stuff will work correctly, so this is from the Wrap. Um, 
this is an interview that uh, that Lauren did with uh, one of their reporters, and there's just a couple things in here that I wanted to talk about. Um, for one, they talk about this quote-unquote like meta moment where um, uh, Yasker is uh talking about or i guess he's saying it's he's singing and actually i didn't realize that that this was this was what it was about so um they kind of failed on this level um but the, the the question uh from the reporter is that uh there's an explicit reference in season two uh to the complicated timeline of season one which is true it's ridiculous how much that they they were jumping around and people will say oh it really wasn't that confusing but whether it was confusing or not it's uh it's really annoying um so they're they're asking about the uh the explicit reference in season two to the complicated timeline of season one which some people complain about some it's most people uh was that fun for you to kind of use Jask, uh, Jasker as a sounding board for your frustrations, which is really interesting. So something that a lot of people don't know about modern uh, like journalism or whatever you want to call it, they, they use a lot of leading questions for what they see as um, frustration, right? So uh, a lot of people who are in like games journalism or they're in this sort of like entertainment sphere, they have a lot of opinions just like, I do just like Joseph does um, about these things, but they use them to sort of almost like manipulate the question, right? So what she really should have said is um, there's, or whoever this writer is, excuse me, um, there's an explicit reference in season two to the complicated timeline of season one, which uh, people complained about, right? Uh, Was that, and this is what's weird about the way it's referenced. It says, was that fun for you to kind of use Jasker as a sounding board for your frustrations on your side? Right. Um, and <laughs> uh, it's it, the, the answer is kind of interesting, but that that's the thing is that it's like um, she could have asked uh, what was the per you know just stuck with what was the purpose behind it like tell me why you decided to use this song um was there an intention of uh pushing back on the fan base was it you know and then let her um or some people would say that you were pushing back on the fan base there's a way to do it where you're not essentially leading the person into a well yes we were frustrated with the way that uh the fans were pushing back against our um our terribly written or like terribly uh constructed first season um i I wouldn't say the first season's necessarily terribly written i again it's been a while uh so i'd have to check but anyway that's that's the question that's being that's being asked um, her answer that's hilarious about that particular seat uh, excuse me what's hilarious about that particular sequence is that the writers and I had a million things uh, that we were like she says like a lot which are the most important to put in the song how do we choose from fans biggest critiques so really the song is from it seems like what she's alleging the song is about fans critiques uh not a like this reporter was trying to push some sort of frustration from uh the people who wrote the show uh the truth is that that's part of the fun of the witcher is that we can poke at ourselves that we have a self-awareness of what's working on the show and what's not working on the show and i think that is what makes the witcher stand out in general from a lot of fantasy um oh man this is 
sorry, I think it's just the way that she speaks because this is usually written, uh, it's supposed to be written about word for word. Um, so it says, um, and I think that is what makes The Witcher stand out in general from a lot of fantasy. Uh, is that it's not always so serious and earnest. So, <laughs> this is kind of one of those situations where I would definitely have to kind of disagree. Uh, it, it is a very serious and earnest show. You're you're dealing with uh, warring kingdoms. You're dealing with uh, a lot of people who hate each other. You're dealing with um, uh, elves, dwarves, witches, witchers, humans. Uh, the lot of them, they all uh, have sort of like they have prejudices against each other, some for good reasons, some maybe not. Um, it's uh, like uh, Henry was saying, it's a very compli- uh, complicated uh, and deep lore. Uh, there's a lot that I still don't understand. Um, I, uh, I, I have been telling a lot of people recently, I just got the first book, which is really hard to uh, come by, by the way. Um, it, it's taken like th- it's gonna take like three weeks, nearly a month since I ordered it uh, for the first book to finally come in. Uh, but I am looking forward to kind of digging a little bit more into um, The Witcher. So uh, the only other thing on her end that I really wanted to note, and it and it it comes up in this show, uh, is the way that Yennefer is uh, treated in this because one of the things that Lauren said in her interview was that they were trying they that she believes that they should stick to the the original writer's intent for the show uh but then this is also something that uh that comes up now of course she's asked about the misogyny that goes on in the show and it's it's one of those things that's like um uh, what misogyny um Everyone tells Yennefer specifically, and Siri a lot of the time, though Siri gets made fun of a little bit, but I like uh, the interaction she has with the Witchers, that the Witchers are kind of this like rough um, group of people because of the kind of job that they do, and so they have a specific way of interacting uh, with people, and Siri, kind of being the princess, um, has to kind of deal with this and learn essentially to adapt to the way that uh, uh, these witchers uh work you know it's like this is their lifestyle she's coming uh in to be a part of them so it's there again there are like tiny things uh in the show that kind of work um but it, it this you know again so here the question was there's also something really fascinating this season i guess this is a question and how it views misogyny through the prism of women in power and how women in power sometimes have to differ uh the perception of that power oh excuse me defer the perception of that power to men in order to keep their role uh or even something as simple as siri being uh razzed for being feminine okay i just kind of answered that though right i mean that's what they do they razz everyone that's it's characterization for the witchers that they're oh my gosh i this is so this is i don't have time to go into this but it it, this is the kind of stuff where people are reading their modern day ideology into something that wasn't about that like this is a a fantasy world this is something that's got different types of people um who are like butting heads with each other all the time right uh of course they would these are the kind of guys like they're uh, these these men are taken as children um 
they're essentially poisoned and possibly killed. So, or, and so if they're, they're poisoned, if they don't get killed along the way through their training, they're then essentially mercenaries to, to kill monsters, right? This, that, this is their job. This is what they do day in, day out, year after year until they uh, generally die. I, 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 as far as I'm aware, it, uh, and someone might be able to actually tell me, um, I don't think most of them live uh, to, to, like, to old age, right? They do age slower. That is part of uh, the show. Or excuse me, not just the show, but the lore of the Witchers. They they have uh, they're they don't excuse me. They do not age as rapidly as humans do because of the things that are done to them. Um, but yeah, it's it's really uh very one dimensional to just be like, oh, Siri is razzed because of her femininity. It's like yeah, because they see her as this stuck up princess. Uh, it's not just because she a, she a woman. Like, I, I don't, man, sorry. We'll, we'll keep going. Um, anyway, so her response, she says, yes, I mean, honestly, that's the real world, right? So it's like, well, yeah, that's the real world, but we're not, in, this isn't the real world. We're talking about a fantasy series. Not everything has to be a one for one to what's currently happening in society or allegedly happening in society currently. Um, and misogyny has a huge place in the book as well, which may or may not be true depending on what you're talking about. Um uh, along, along the lines of xenophobia, what does that even mean? Misogyny is a huge place in the book as well. Along the lines of xenophobia, and racism, and all of those other things that we see. That's just a bad sentence. Um, I, you could probably tell from her interview that she's a fast talker. So uh, it could be just, uh, you know, I would ask her about that. Dig into what she what she means by that. Um, so, so yeah, I don't want to hide that part of, uh, anyway, part of that is a storytelling choice. I'm sure viewers and fans of the books, especially will notice that Yennefer has a completely, completely sort of new storyline this season that is not in the books. All right. This is the lady who was saying, uh, that they wanted to do things the way that the the author of the Witcher series did and they took uh, a character who is not in most of the book that they were adapting this season um and essentially shoved her in because the uh showrunner didn't like the idea of Yennefer just being on the sideline so I mean I don't know what else to say about that it's just not true and and Let's get off of this and let's talk about um, Henry Cavill for a moment. Uh, good old Henry. Uh, he seems to very much care about this series. Uh, you can tell just by the way that he talks about it, like when he talks about most things. Um, he's very passionate passionate about the projects that he gets into, which is really cool to see. Um, you don't see that in... Uh, the mainstream very often anymore uh, and I don't know if I've ever known anyone quite like Henry Cavill who especially with something like The Witcher where he's like yeah the books are important he's like I can talk about them I know this stuff I've played the games um, I'm I'm very uh, uh, in touch with what's going on in this it's really really cool to see um, it's unfortunate that he's kind of like we were talking about with the whole roach or like I was saying before with the whole roach situation 
that uh, everyone around him, or at least the people who are writing the show and producing the show, um, don't see things the same way that he does don't seem to have the same kind of reverence and you can hear it in the way that he's kind of describing it he's like he's saying I'll do all that I can I'll do everything that's within my ability to make sure that I'm uh, being faithful to this uh, production and uh, that just doesn't seem to be the case for anyone else and it's really disappointing it kind of sucks to see that so I mean, it is what it is, and unfortunately, this is kind of where we're at with all of that. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll kind of keep up with that as things go on. Uh, I, just one last thought. Um, I'm really curious if this is going to make it to seven seasons. I don't think a majority of people, whether they're fans of the books, fans of the games, fans of both, or fans of both, I... I here generally nothing but people being annoyed with the way that the show is going right again people were probably willing to forgive the jumps in time um i found them to be seriously annoying more than anything you could follow it but it was just like oh my gosh like can we please stop this um is it like there's a reason generally that books are written or most stories are written in a um Uh, beginning to end fashion and you're not oh well we're gonna go from a to c to d back to b down to z back to f you just don't you don't get that um in most of this and i i just don't think that i i think that aspect hurt the first season a lot rather than finding a way to make it make sense i mean it's broken up into eight episodes you're telling me you couldn't have figured out a way to make that work um anyway that's all I've got to say on that, and we are going to move on to the next topic. Um, Spider-Man continues to dominate at the box office. Um, as of, let's see, January 3rd, uh, Spider-Man has pulled in $1.2 billion. Um, The reason that this is important, the reason that this um, really is a big deal, is because this movie has grossed more money, both, and this is combined, that's a combined total uh, domestically and internationally. Uh, The the total amount of money that Spider-Man has made is... Uh, equivalent to every other Phase 4 movie combined. It just passed that mark recently. Um, It's pretty incredible. Um, What's even more incredible about this is one of the stories that came out recently from Bounding Into Comics about uh, Spider-Man, No Way Home writers were unsure how film's ending lined up with Loki finale, revealing apparent lack of communication across Marvel. So this article essentially goes into how... No one was communicating with each other about this. It got so far as um, No Way Home originally supposed to be coming out after the um, Doctor Strange movie, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Um, And so they were writing this story that also includes Doctor Strange as if he was going to 
appear in their movie after that one, right? Um, and this is something, this this should be a warning sign to people. Um, like many of the other things that are going on with Marvel that people haven't seen yet, you have to be aware that they're coming out now and being like, yeah, we really didn't know what was going on. You know, there's a reason, in, in all honesty, I think the writers of No Way Home not knowing that Spider-Man, uh, like where Spider-Man kind of was in the timeline of everything, was more of a benefit to this movie than uh, anything else because they didn't have to make it connect super tight to any of these other movies. They're like, oh, we know the multiverse is there. We can use that as something. Um, oh, everything's like opening up. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they try to like retcon all of this into some sort of cohesive like thing because nothing seems to really be there, right? And it actually makes me wonder if the in credit scene when they just showed Multiverse of Madness, if that was something else that got a place there instead of a different in credit scene because they've had to switch everything around. Um, so it's just really interesting reading a lot about this. And um, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't make me, doesn't make me any more, uh, any more hopeful for the future of this stuff. Not to mention that, man, the Marvel's uh, Disney plus stuff is kind of absolute trash right now. It is not very good. Um, I'm working on a review that will be up on YouTube for Book of Boba Fett Episode 1. I think I'm going to try to do um, individual reviews for each of the episodes just to see kind of how that does and see if people are interested in it. Um, But that show is already not very good. And everybody's trying to make excuses for it, but there's some some serious uh, logic that's missing from that show uh it's it's very weird and it, and it doesn't make any sense uh the decisions the characters make um it's a it's a problem that a lot of uh movies have a lot of writing has currently where characters have to be stupid in order for the plot to continue or for the scenario that they're currently in to make sense um and it's becoming more and more obvious that there seems to be this laziness to some of the writing where it's like well why would they do that? That's not that doesn't make sense for who this character is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so Spider-Man still knocking it out of the park. Marvel still. Oh man, they are tripping over the finish line to try to get to this next uh, Avengers movie, and they still have three more films, I think, uh, before we're even close. I, I maybe even more than that. Um, I don't know what they're I don't know what they're gonna do with this next Avengers movie. I, I can't I can't honestly I can't even fathom. I, I, I really don't know what, what this next thing's gonna be. Uh I am oh, man. Well, uh Joseph and I will be here talking about it one way or another. <laughs> I'll probably make him go see it. So uh yeah, let's see what the next thing we're gonna be talking about is. Ah, uh, yes. So from bounding into comics we also have uh, what appears to be a split between China and Hollywood. Um, It says, report, Hollywood's incessant pandering to communist China no longer viable uh, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, It says, a news report by Variety has revealed that uh, that Hollywood and China Uh, their business relationship has grown stagnant in recent years and it doesn't seem like there's anything either of the parties can do to remedy its declining status quo. Um, 
the outlet conducted a number of interviews with a dozen producer, studio executives, and industry um, representatives, all of whom agree that Hollywood's incessant pandering to the um, East Asian country is no longer viable from a marketing standpoint. Uh, former director of international uh, international at Tencent Pictures, um, Connor Zorn, stated that the participation between politics, um, political agenda, and content making is completely eroded in China, explaining that no matter what talent or corporations want, it's always at the behest of what the party is pushing for and asking for. So this has a lot to do with some of the the recent stuff coming out of Marvel, and I'm sure it's not just that. Um, it, it probably had well, okay. So I, I know for a fact it has a lot to do with what Disney's been doing. Um, Disney being a powerhouse in the states and in other places, um, really for the last ten years or so, um, has been an issue uh, for China, which is very traditionally motivated. They've recently put in a ban on uh, anyone who isn't masculine, um, like a masculine male being on television so it's no surprise that something like the eternals was uh rejected in china not only because of some of the content uh in there but i mean have you seen the movie like it anyway uh shang chi also uh didn't make it i can't exactly remember the reason why shang chi didn't end up um going to china i i want to say it's because they found it insulting uh because it was i mean shang chi was a, was Disney's attempt at custom making a movie that they thought was going to make a ton of money over there? It fell flat on its face. Um, Black Widow is just a different story. I don't. I don't know. It could be because it's starring Scarlett Johansson, so they didn't want that either. It could be because of uh, the different uh, stuff going on with Rona. Um, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, you really have to like parse through a lot of information to try to figure out exactly what's going on in China and what their their motivations are uh, for a lot of the stuff. Anyway, um, let's continue reading. Um, there was this beautiful idealistic concept that we would strengthen our mutual understanding by getting Tencent, a Chinese company, to L.A., sitting with writers and producers and having an exchange. The shame is that now um, that has collapsed, and China's restriction on travel means that we are not uh, talking, we are not communicating, we are not exchanging ideas, which breeds doubt, fear, concern, distrust, going against all the things we were building for years, whether it was for the sake of film or not, Zorn concluded. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Black Widow, Marvel's Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home are some of the films that Variety uh, brings up in order to contextualize Hollywood and China's withering relationship. In May of this year, rumor had it that Shang-Chi and the Eternals were being banned from China after CCTV6 China Movie Channel aired release dates for eight of the ten planned releases for Marvel Studios, leaving out the aforementioned titles. Though uh, Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure if it hasn't been released over there yet, it is being released in China. Um, as of writing, neither Shang-Chi nor Eternals have released in China, and past comments made by the former's, oh, that's right, the former leading star, Simu Liu, as well as the latter director, Chloe Zhao, may be one of the main reasons why Marvel's last superhero films may never be released in the communist country. Um, Liu sparked controversy after after a resurfaced interview saw the actor describing China as a third world country where people die of starvation. Well, I mean, similarly, Zhao drew China's 
uh, ire when the country's official took notice of past comments made by the Academy Award winner in which she openly criticized the communist country and described it as a place where there are lies everywhere. Um, you feel like you were never going to be able to get out. Uh, interesting coming from uh, from her in particular. L- Liu, that dude puts his foot in his mouth all the time. Um, you can go back and look at a lot of the stuff that, that he said and getting in fights with uh, people online and things like that. It's uh, it's pretty sad. But yeah, so that seems to be the case. There seems to be a lot of... Um, issues with uh, Hollywood and China currently there's a, listen there's a lot of issues in China right which seems to be something that this has stemmed from and then there also is a lot of stuff going on in Hollywood right now where productions aren't doing very well a lot of movies aren't making money um, people keep blaming uh, the coof or they keep blaming uh, misogyny or racism or sexism or whatever the case may be for why their movies aren't doing well when reality they won't look in a mirror and they won't go, maybe we're the problem. Maybe everything we've done over the last few years um, has caused a lot of people uh, to, to leave, right? There's only so much that you can uh, insult your fan base before they're just sick of it. Um, and it's starting to come out in the writing too. I mean, we've talked about it with the Witcher. Um, we talked about it with Eternals. Um, I've been talking about it with all of the stuff coming out on Disney plus. That's just every single thing that they're releasing has some sort of message. It has some sort of, um, some sort of, um, agenda that it's trying to get across to its audience and it's becoming more and more blatant. They're not even subtle about it anymore. It's just every little thing. I mean, like He-Man this year was a prime example of that. Uh, and then uh, Kevin Smith goes crying thinking that, uh, you know, uh, we're all just mean because we think his his uh, his show sucks. So, yeah, I, I don't really know what to say. Um, that That's really it. Um, this is obviously a little bit of a shorter episode this week. Um, you know, it's... Very difficult talking to yourself and talking about these topics when you don't have somebody to uh, bounce ideas off of and um, have him uh, listen to my crazy rants about why all this stuff is terrible. But I, uh, I obviously appreciate Joseph for it, and I appreciate everybody who tunes in on a weekly basis and who's been supporting us on other channels. Um, yeah, I'm planning on putting some other stuff out. Um, if I get my review of Boba Fett done in time, I'll put it at the end of this episode Uh, But I wouldn't expect it, but I'll go ahead and uh, close the show out just in case. Um, Don't forget, if you've made it to this point in the show, remember to go and download this episode um, and each episode every week so we have an idea of who is listening to the show. Um, We also have our value for value system. So whether that's your time, your talent, your treasure, anything that you might be able to help give to the show in order for us to run a little bit smoother. Um, you know, artwork is one of the things that we're really going to be looking into this year to, to be able to make everything look, um, just a little more professional, make everything look a little slicker, um, really give the show some, some sort of identity, um, through the artwork, uh, that, that we're putting out. So I'm looking forward to getting that done this year, hopefully. Um, other than that, guys, uh, 
yeah, if there's anything that you want us to cover, anything that you want us to talk about, um, feel free to either email us through the direct me link in the show notes. Uh, you can always pop on one of the the videos on YouTube and leave us a comment there or just contact us on social media and uh, we'll do what we can uh, if we can cover the subject, if it makes sense, um, if we can find enough information about the topic. Yeah, we'll absolutely cover it. Um, we love hearing from you guys. We love talking with you guys. Um, yeah, go uh, go join the the chat over there on the the Witcher video too if you if you feel so uh, inclined. Um, but thank you guys again. Um, and until next Tuesday, take it easy. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped It ain't that you can't see Cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to You cope by putting the blinders on I've been trying to find some kind of way But I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense Cause your mind is gone I can't save every person in politic And it's bringing the worst out the very earth And every perk of living on this turf Is being chipped at and nerfed But I can't sit back and lurk I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose it's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what? Underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, got a post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life. Cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trifle subject. Your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing. Not add up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward. Let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil. They annoy you. You add another's neck for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons. Man. Politics ruin, or rather control your whole life, man. You gonna be a miserable person, straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this, and it's driving them crazy. And they hate their neighbors. Sad.